0: I'm feeling. Yeah. Hold on. I need to calm down. Take some deep breaths. (laughs) I'm going to drink this Pepsi. It's probably not the best thing. For calming Uh, down? Probably not. No, but it's so good. Caffeine and nicotine. Welcome to the sorting chat. (laughs) Is that your new vape trick? Do you uh, like my new vape trick? <laughs> I love that. So before we started recording, um,
1: Lauren did this awesome vape trick, and it was kind of like she just shot it out of one nostril, the vape, and it was like a like snot rocket.
0: Yeah. So I vape. <laughs> so what? What are you gonna do? Send me to jail? <laughs> in Birmingham, you can't vape like
1: anywhere. The Panama City girl in me that's like, I can fucking vape anywhere I want in Panama City. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't vape in public anyway. Like, I feel weird about it. I have a very discreet vape. A gentleman's vape. <laughs> a gentleman's <laughs> vape. It's tiny, like a deck of cards. Or like those little um, cocaine necklaces they used to have. Just a, just the tiniest sip of that e-juice.
2: Ooh. <laughs> mm. Like a lady.
0: Pinkies up. Um, should we, like, get started soon? <laughs> I'm drinking... I said I was drinking Pepsi. It's not true. I'm drinking Kroger brand cola. It's fine. Well, I
2: was drinking golden milk with almond milk that I made myself, but I finished it.
1: I'm drinking fake Diet Cola. Or fake Diet Coke, but it's Diet Cola. From Aldi. From Aldi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We call it Aldis. There's the S on the end for no good reason. I'm in Birmingham, so everything... Aldi. Aldi. Go Go to Aldi. Why can I not scratch my butt? Oh, Just I have an extra long shirt question. on, and I couldn't get... I was like, why can't I get to it? Okay. <laughs> Guess what I uh, got for for my for Christmas. What? I got a bidet attachment. Oh. oh. You've always <gasps> wanted one of those. A I butt have. sprayer thing? Yeah. A butt thing? Dude, I bet you feel
1: clean 24 I do. Seven.
0: I do. It's amazing. <laughs> it has the heat controls, which I've never used yet. It has the on-off, and then... In the front, you have all the way to the left gets you in the butt. In the middle gets, like, the whole region. And on the right, it says women. Cool.
1: Can we just, like, create a bidet that's, like, sponsored by this show? And then we just call it, just instead of women, it just says taint? I think it should say nethers.
0: Nethers. I mean, it's all nethers if you think about it. It is all nethers. It should just have an arrow that points, like, forward nethers or backward nethers. (laughs) Or in between, <laughs> or just taint. Just taint. I mean, I don't have a taint to you.
1: <laughs> it's it's your perennium right between. Yeah, but there's where so little you're...
0: of it. Like it's barely exists. It's
1: there though. I mean, you know it's there when you have a baby, that thing yeah. that tears. This
0: is a lovely conversation we're
1: having. Sherry, happening. some women have babies and it tears them from. As- oh, I
2: know that. I follow Chrissy Teigen on Twitter. This is one of many reasons why I will not be birthing any children.
0: <laughs> Good for you. And I mean that in the best possible way. And I mean that in the worst way. Good for you.
1: <laughs> well, that could, I realize how that could sound weird on a podcast and it could sound condescending and rude. Her choice to not mother children.
2: Well, I'm going to mother children. I'm just not going to birth them. I'm going to acquire them
0: she's gonna steal them ladies and gentlemen hey y'all remember when we used to talk about Harry Potter
2: <laughs> yeah
0: oh yeah um let's talk about what we were gonna talk about was killing the I- author I watched this great video by mm-hmm. Lindsay Ellis I feel like I've talked about her on the show why do you have an axe oh yes I'm, hold- <laughs> I'm holding a hatchet <laughs> it was it's why? just on Anthony's desk um, <laughs> anyway I watched this video by by Lindsay Ellis about... Well, it was interesting because she interviews John Green, who wrote... Um, what's that movie? The Fault in Our Star not, not the movie. The book. He wrote The Fault in Our Stars. And yeah. If you haven't read it, I haven't either, but... I have. I've watched the movie. Yeah, so for our listeners who maybe have or haven't, um, it's like um, this girl who's got cancer and she falls in love with a boy who had cancer and is now in remission and she loves this particular author but he his her favorite book by this author ended sort of ambiguously and so um using her boyfriend's make a wish foundation wish <laughs> or whatever yeah. they they managed to go and visit this author and she asks him the question, her burning question, which is, "How do these two characters? What happens after the book is over?" And he says, "I don't know." Like, yeah,
1: I remember that part.
0: It's not up. He's he's like, "I don't know. It's not up to me. I don't I don't owe you that, or you know, um, oh, I don't know yeah. any more about it than you do." So in the interview <clears throat> that Lindsay Ellis does with John Green, he says. That was sort of a self-insert. And it was sort of a kinder way of the idea that if it's not on the page, it doesn't exist. And in the same video, she talked with some amount of derision, but not 100% about our own J.K. Rowling, who continues to engage with fans on content that is not written in the books and um and I guess my question to you two would be in your opinion is it canon if the author says it but it's not on the page or even Pottermore
2: it's hard to say because my first impulse would be to say no but then at the same time like I don't want to say she's like still alive but like she's still making work that is related to that world Mm -hmm. so she could 10 years from now write like the next Harry Potter book right and so then that still is canon right if it's a book like, why, why is that considered canon, but something that she puts online that might feed into future work in the same universe? Like, why would that not be canon? It's a tricky question when you think about, like, what is kind of considered to be part of the published work. Like, is it only, like, print, like, novels, or, like, is the play canon, or...
0: Oh, God, is the play canon? We can yeah, talk like about it now. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's, it's just, like, it's hard to, like, what what determines what is canon, like, in the evolving kind of landscape of media and, mm-hmm. yeah, publishing. Right. Dale,
1: thoughts? I am leaning more towards yes because, I don't know, I feel like if it's from her mouth and her mind and she's created this world and the characters are hers, you know, I, I'm gonna say yes. Like. If she says something, especially when in regards to the universe, the Harry Potter universe and the characters and everything like that, I'm going to lean towards it is canon. I think I feel the
0: same way as you guys in as much as like as a reader, like I always want more answers and if she's willing to give them to me, I'm willing to accept them up until the point when I don't like the answer. Like, exactly. um, yeah. which is, so I, so that's me as a reader being a little bit fickle. Like, yeah,
2: I think like just to
0: elaborate
2: on what I was saying, I think like it's, it's a difference between like a work of fiction, like a book and kind of a franchise,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas a book has like a definitive end. It's like, I wrote this book and now it exists as this book, you know? And so then you can say anything outside of that book kind of isn't part of it. But with, like, something that's not just a book, that's, like, again, a franchise, because you have multiple books, and you have a play, and you have um, movies, Movies. and you have all of these other parts of it, you know, how, like, what is the scope of the work? And, like, when does it, when do you decide that it's definitively done?
0: Well, and one thing about J.K. Rowling is that she's, I don't know if she's ever made, like, a statement, you know, to the public, like, John Green of Fault in Our Stars has made, which is go forth and, you know, in your own mind, decide for yourselves. Mm -hmm. However, she has been, in the past, you know, supportive of, like, fan fiction, or, Mm -hmm. you know, she hasn't intentionally tried to close it down or anything like that. She's been cool about it, and to me that indicates that she... I don't think that her continuing to engage with the public about how she thinks these characters operate off the page is necessarily like a an ownership grab 70% of it is responding to her fans and I think 30% of it is feeling genuine ownership because I think there are certain times when she's spoken up and sort of batted people down and said no that's yeah. not true here's the thing even though it wasn't on page like with Dumbledore being gay and that kind of thing the other thing in that video that that El- Lindsay Ellis called out was like Anne Rice historically and very publicly has said no fan fiction I will come after you really right fan yeah like this these are my books who's Anne Rice
1: she wrote interview with a vampire. I don't know. My question is too for people like who've bit who are avid readers, out there. Number one, do you have any questions for J.K. Rowling that you want to know about something, like that she hasn't touched on? And number two, is there an author out that out there of a series, that you, Living or Dead that you would want to ask, like what happened, you know, after the story ended? I think anybody who likes to read would want to ask do the same thing that the main character in The Fault in Our Stars did. You know, kind of find out, hey, what it what happened after... I, I would. Well, who do you want to find out more about? Because there are tons of books, like, say, like, with Pride and Prejudice. Like, there are all these authors that have taken that story further, and they were like, oh, Elizabeth Bennet, and this is what happened after she married... Mr. Darcy and they had this many kids and they did this and Jane Austen can't say anything about it because she's dead But there's plenty of stories that I didn't want to end. But then again, I'm a very selfish reader I want to know more and all of it and I want to know everything about the characters and I want to study backstories And I'm just like I become obsessed about what I
2: read. I think like on the other side of that I like enjoy the aspect of just imagining all of those things without needing to know what the author thinks happened after... Like, the same with, like, watching a movie that's, like, maybe kind of open-ended. Yeah. I was just home with my family, and my dad hates, like, any kind of... He needs, like, everything, like, tied up with, like, a bow at the end of the movie. And, like, I'm very okay with kind of an open-ending because then you can just imagine whatever you think it would be and I don't know I think that's part of the the process of like watching a movie or reading a book um so I don't know that there's like any books that I think I would really just like feel the need to to get the author to tell me what happens to the characters or what the motivation for something is because I think part of part of being kind of like an audience or part of reading is bringing all of that to the work
1: the whole world of you know uh fiction is really fulfillment for people by taking those stories yeah. in a different direction. And, and it's, it's like porn.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it literally is porn. And I'm all about it.
1: <laughs> people like me, like, I don't write fan fiction, but I do really enjoy reading it. And I love the idea of it. But I love knowing what happens next. It's ingrained in me, like, from a small child. Like, my dad used to say, God rest his soul, he loved it when old movies ended with a wedding. Mm-hmm. Because he knew those main characters were married and they were going to be happy. And not a lot of movies and in, in fact m- most movies don't end that way anymore. There's there's a romantic aspect to the idea of knowing exactly like like you said having those ends tied in a, a neat little bow <laughs> and knowing that those characters were somewhat happy. You you know it, it just seems like a good thing. That's why I like that there was an yeah. epilogue in Harry Potter and that it kind of tied a neat little bow on the story, and...
0: Yeah, but it also opened up a can of worms. <laughs> you know did. what I mean? Like, having having that epilogue uh, is what led to the Cursed Child, and... I, I don't um, think the
1: Cursed Child is canon. I, I just don't. I don't
0: think it is. Maybe that's... You don't think it's canon? No, yeah.
1: I, I feel like it's the fulfillment of J.K. Rowling saying, here, yes, you can take the story and make a play out of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She still has her name yeah. on it.
2: If that did become a movie, like...
1: Could they fix it? Um, J.K. Rowling could fix it. If I could talk to her about this, that would be <laughs> one thing I would talk to her about. Was what would you change in this? And I'm sure she that would. That is have the end. least
0: important thing on my list of things to talk to her yeah. about. We need to talk about house elves. We needed. T- we literally
1: need to tally up a list of things that we want to talk to her about, just so if, it, if there is any possibility of us talking with her at any chance, you know. If we get really big and everybody listens to our podcast, which will never happen, but maybe it will, let's be positive, put it out in the universe, JK Rowling, <laughs> we want to meet you and talk to you about XXXX, you know. I don't know
0: if I want to meet her and talk to her, actually. I need, like, the distance.
1: Fine, I'll be a representative. <laughs> I'll be a representative <laughs> from our podcast and I'll go talk to her.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I care that much what she thinks. I do. <laughs> I guess that's
1: what we're talking
2: about, like, on this subject, right? Like, how important is the authorial intent or, like, does it matter to me what she thinks? I appreciate her and I think she's a wonderful, like, writer and I am so happy she exists. But I don't know that, like, her kind of i don't know that sounds really like shitty to say like i don't know that i care that much about like what her opinion is no i
0: get what you're saying one of the things that you said sherry was which was that um the face of media changes when there are so many uh different disparate avenues by which an author can distribute her material but also this video again to to Talk about Lindsay Ellis again, who everybody should check out if you're into, like, pop cultural, pop culture, like, literary theory and that kind of thing. In a perfect world, Foucault's theory of, like, the death of the author, like, the author being absent, being, you know, an absence and not, like, a presence might make sense or might work, but you have to take into account you know, where the reader is from and what they've been through and also what the author has been, has, who they are, because not everybody's like the static white dude Mm -hmm. in the 21st century. So much of like what you write is tied to like your personal brand. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And a lot of her personal brand is like her philanthropy and her, um, being engaged with causes of social justice and things like that. And um, occasionally, it seems like J.K. Rowling will retroactively say that something was about a thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, she said that, um, and maybe she really did think this, but she said that, like, Lupin being a werewolf was, like, an analog for AIDS. Mm-hmm. I had read that before. And so it's like, okay, but you made one of your werewolves, like, a crazy yes. guy who is trying to in- infect children intentionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, So, like, what does that mean? Well... I think it means she didn't think it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes she's not going to have an answer right. because she hasn't thought of it. And she can't right. think of everything like she's not God, you know. And we've talked about this in the past, like, that the whole virtue signaling thing. Like, I, I, I don't know that it's a mistake always, but it does come with consequences mm-hmm. to be that engaged with, with your reading public. mm mm-hmm. um, because they're going to keep asking you questions, especially if you add something to the canon that they don't like or that doesn't make sense or that maybe is problematic. I don't know. I mean, that is sort of the, the mountains and the valleys of being... That's not the expression. The peaks and the valleys? I don't know. I'm mountains just talking. And, mountains and valleys make you sense. You know, the highs, the highs and lows. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. the same as a peak and a valley. I guess mountains have peaks. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I'm tired. I need more Pepsi. My name means valley. I <laughs> literally hadn't thought of that before. Hill- thats not a thing? Hills and Hills Dales. Hills and Dales! Ah. Sherry's name means like cherished or beloved or some shit, yeah. right?
1: I think of that song by Journey. The Sherry song.
2: There's a lot of Sherry songs I've learned over the years. My Sherry am That's one of them. da 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 Do you guys see those articles that low-rise jeans are coming back? And I'm like, who
1: wants that? I wanted to barf. I wanted to barf.
0: I was like, no, no. It took us so long to get away from that. I guess it's yoga pants forever. Yeah, yoga
1: pants forever. Or just go to the, uh, you know, the thrift store and buy high-waisted pants.
2: Dude, I got some, like, mom jeans. They're, like, full-on, like, mom. All my jeans are mom jeans. I mean, all of my jeans are high-waisted. But these, like, legit, like, the wash of them and the material. And they're, like, a little bit cropped. And they yes. very much look like mom jeans.
0: I don't even know what that means anymore. I just see jeans now. That's what happens when you become a mom. <laughs> it's just jeans.
2: Jeans. Jeans. So my dad, <laughs> oh, God. My dad, the last time I was visiting, he uh, he was real excited to show me um, his pants. And he was like, look at them. Don't they look like jeans? They're pajamas. <laughs> and he has these <laughs> pajama pants that look like kind of like they've got like fake it's like screen printed like ripped knees and pockets and he's just like he bought several pairs of them because he really likes them
0: does he wear them out in public no
2: but he like just like wears them around the house but um he like really is is a, he's told all of us about them several times but they look like jeans
1: <laughs> they're pajama jeans did you call them pajama
0: jeans Pa-jeans? yeah we
2: were talking about having a band called pajama jeans
0: do wizards wear jeans Honestly, I feel like the clothing issue in Harry Potter was another one of those world-building things that doesn't quite work. Yeah. Like the fact that they don't know what regular clothes of course. I they agree
1: do. with that because there's no way that they don't. Unless know
0: about they it. lived
2: in one of those very exclusive, like wizards only communities. And even yeah. then, like they would still like I mean, on the weekends don't Hogwarts students just wear their regular clothes? So when they go to Hogsmead they're wearing regular clothes and enough of them are muggle born or like come from muggle yeah. places. They should all know how to dress like human beings.
1: Yeah, they don't dress weird. Maybe it was like a thing... This is definitely a way that I think she would explain away the issues. Is that as time wore on and the youth started kind of growing... The youths started leaning more towards a more (laughs) muggle uh, fashion sense or whatever.
0: Well, yeah, and they don't ever talk about, like, what Molly Weasley wears, really, but she knits sweaters for them. It's like, sweaters exist. Mm -hmm. Then again, at what point is a body covering just sort of like a natural thing that emerges out of, like, how the body functions? You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: but I mean, culturally, they're different, though. Like, people, like, you know, in different cultures wear different kinds of things, right? So... Right, yes. She could have done a better job of having them be bad at dressing as muggles, you know. Like, they could have all just worn (laughs) things that were more, like, robe-like and not, like, I don't know. Oh,
1: I'm wearing a swimsuit slash, um... Yeah. And then on top I'm wearing a vest, and then my hat is a beanie, and I'm wearing, you know, swim wings and then goggles.
2: It's like, if you think (laughs) about, like, if you, like, tried to go to another culture and dress yourself, like, according to that culture, right, like... You could probably get close to dressing in, like, I don't know, a sari or, like, a traditional, um, I don't know, just thinking about, like, Maasai.
0: Yeah, but just go into a store and buy what they're wearing. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll have the outfits put out for you in a lot of places. Not everywhere. But it's like, okay, here's what goes on your top, here's what goes on your bottom. I mean, you may end up wearing, like, the man version if it's, or something like that. But... I mean, in a lot of places, that's not an issue either. So it just seems like, I don't know, <laughs> go to a store and buy some clothes and you'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, it's not that hard. They could have, they could have done better.
0: But I do like the idea of maybe, like, the whimsy that she writes into it is like, yeah, okay, maybe they know what it's for, but they'd like to wear it their own way. Like the guy like, that wears <laughs> the nightgown because he likes
2: a healthy breeze.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, and and I don't know how much of that is loaded to just that guy yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. or just the few guys that he sees. It's like, oh, I can tell that's a wizard, but w- maybe I-, I would like to think that sometimes he was wrong and it was just like a weird guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Zach and I talked about this a couple of days ago. Like if you, if you could dress any time period, like if you woke up tomorrow and you had to dress a certain time period and that's all you could wear. 60s. Right now right now. Yeah, why would I want to be less comfortable than I am right now? So, Sherry, what is your leanings about, like, why would it be the 60s?
2: Just aesthetically. Lauren's totally right. Less comfortable, for sure. But just aesthetically, I like...
1: Aesthetically? Are you talking about, like, beatnik style or, like, flower child or, like...
2: I'm um... talking about Liv Tyler and That Thing You Do.
1: There Uh, you go. Okay, so I'm leaning towards that, too. Like, Late 50s, early 60s, Mad Men-esque.
2: Yeah. I'm also watching Mad Men right now, so that's probably part of why I'm feeling that way.
0: I want to talk about pants. (laughs) And if I had to wear an era of clothes that wasn't right now, it would be like when women really started wearing pants. Mm -hmm. Like Catherine Hepburn. Mm. Yes. with her high waisted swing pants or whatever, like yes. they're not like bell bottoms, but like they're just like very wide legged. Yeah, they seem pretty legit, yeah. and like they're always wearing cool like button up tops. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking up at an Anthony's bookshelf, and he's got uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide, like the complete collection it's actually that's actually mine mm-hmm. but we share bookshelves And so when you get married you share bookshelves but anyway he's got the the hitchhiker's guide up there and to sort of return to like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning douglas adams was not precious about his his own intellectual property mm-hmm. uh, when it came to him writing it like it changed with every iteration uh <laughs> which i think is really interesting it was i would have to think that the people who would be the fan base now would be like you know super not cool with him right? you know, it's starting as a radio play, and it ends this way, and then he writes all these books, but no, it's totally different, Mm -hmm. it ends differently, and oh, now it's a movie or a TV show, and that's different, and then the movie's different, because people were mad that the movie didn't follow, like, the books, Mm -hmm. but it was just another iteration of... Yeah. You know, how he'd been doing it. He was dead by that point, but um, I don't know if he had anything to do with the screenplay before he died. I can't remember. But it just seems like he was sort of... It was all authorial intent in a weird way, because it's like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? With every iteration, it's different. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, I'll tell you. What happened was something totally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you can read a lot of short stories
2: where they exist in, like, different versions. You know? Like, I... Read at some point read a lot of like Raymond Carver short stories and like in one collection it will be like one way and then another collection is just like a completely different story which I guess you probably are more familiar with like as a writer and being in writing workshops where that happens but like yeah I don't know you don't see that with like novels right you don't have different iterations where it just like ends differently or
0: well you know what does do that is place. I was rereading Amadeus, and I didn't, I couldn't find my version of it, so I read it online. I read it, on, and I was like, that ain't how it happened. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that.
2: <laughs> it's not, there's like a less of a yeah. permanence, right? Like the, it can fluctuate, and it can change, and it can become different things, and I think that's interesting, too.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, authorial intent becomes a different thing when you think about, like, poetry. Mm-hmm. It's not like, what happens, but, like, what does it mean? Right, and it can mean a different thing to
2: you at different times.
0: I have this theory, and this sort of uh, goes back to, like, kind of the theme of what we're talking about, which is, like, what is the author trying to communicate? So, when your thoughts are in your head, they're not, like, words on a page. It's just, like, your feelings, and, and they're all in there, and the only way, the only tool that you have to, like, put... What's in here, in there, to the other person is to try to use language. And I think poets are trying to get closer. If you say, I feel sad, like, okay, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, so you have to create an image or a picture or whatever. And even then, the tool is inadequate. I used to have this metaphor for myself, which was that poetry specifically is like trying to scatter sand on an invisible table, right? You can kind of see the outline of Mm -hmm. it. If you scatter it enough Mm -hmm. sand. But even then, you still don't see the table. So it's taken years for me to come to terms with the fact that, yes, when I am writing a poem and I'm wanting so bad for you to know what's going on in here. Mm -hmm. One, you're not going to know. And two, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to connect with you. There'll be little bits of it where we connect, but... It's that's as close as we can come, yeah. and, and it doesn't matter if you don't understand it, it's just sort of like what comes in your mind. What okay, that's what it means, like that's yeah. what it means.
1: So, like your interpretation of it, yes, yeah. or what it, yeah. how it makes you feel that's a really good explanation for me because I think when you're in, in school, they want you to kind of. Glean
2: understanding something. Poetry by j Evans Pritchard PhD sorry if you, you guys Oh
0: is that from yes, the poetry society? that's the book where they like <laughs>
2: measure and they all rip it up into pieces cuz you can't right. you can't measure poetry.
0: Well and here's the thing like I okay. think it's a combination of like there's a certain point at which there's like a baseline level at which you can understand poetry by understanding the mechanism mm-hmm and sometimes Mm -hmm. by having historical context on the writer and when they lived and where they lived and that kind of thing. But beyond that,
1: that's where I tend to lean is like, hey, let's look at the time period. Let's look at why they would write this or like what was going on in their life.
2: The whole, like, so in like research methods, just like the idea of objectivity and like, can you ever be objective or is it necessary to do sort of like research on yourself and understand why you interpret everything the way that you interpret it, right? So like the same with, yeah, with any author you have to, or like anyone who's writing anything, you have to understand that they're bringing some of themselves to it.
0: To bring it back to JK Rowling, I think that her desire to keep pulling out pieces of her work and commenting on them and saying, well, what do they mean to our world? And often they mean something about people who are have been what's the word i'm looking for oppressed yeah people who are oppressed god thank you jesus fucking Christ. people who are oppressed is because she didn't grow up like she was poor i think she feels that need in her heart to like reach out to people her being a public presence has has made a, a mark on the world she has this charitable organization that you know she uses her yeah. twitter to to give voice to and that kind of thing i'm starting with the men in the mirror. If I could just be a columnist, like, if that was my only job.
2: I just read your, uh, your William Goldman story, again, I had already read it when you first wrote it, but I gave my brother a copy of oh. The Princess Bride for mm. Christmas, because he's only ever read the Harry Potter books, Aww. and I thought... Princess Bride was his favorite movie as a kid, so I thought he would like that book. So I read yeah. him aloud your article about William Goldman.
0: Oh, um, wow. That's so sweet. If I could just do that, because that's just some bullshit writing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, here's well, what I'm thinking. Bye. Uh, we should figure out how to make this <laughs> somehow.
2: <laughs> we need sponsors. Who can be our sponsors? Let's get the s- celestial seasonings and vapes. Vape Nation. Vape Nation. Vape. Okay, I just want to say for the record that I do not vape. No.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Sherry. Thanks.
2: You guys, my brother is super confused about why there are so many vape shops and why they are so big. But why are they so big? Like, what do they have in there? Why do they need so many of them? Oh, no, there's just,
0: like, a lot of space in most vape stores. Yeah,
2: like, we were just driving down the street in Albuquerque, and there's, like, three right across the street from each other, and they're all huge. And he's like, what could they possibly be selling that, like, makes up for the square footage that they're paying to rent?
0: I I see what you're saying, and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here, Here's the thing, yes. Okay, so every vape store I've ever been in just has a lot of extra... Because it's like tiny mm-hmm. little bottles just lined up on the wall. Yeah. And then maybe a case or two of, like, yeah. the actual machines. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just, like, either space or they have, like, couches yeah. and TVs. And I think people hang out in there. Yeah. I don't know that I could ever convince myself to, like, go to the vape shop okay. and hang out. Like, yeah. Like, I know that that was what... It was originally, I think, like it's supposed to be like a vape lounge, you yeah. know, or something. I think, and so. I don't want a lounge in the no. vape store. I'm, I wanna, I wanna, cu- I wanna wear my hood over my face and just get the dirty deed over with already. Like <laughs> the thing, that's exactly how I felt. I was in Panama City over Christmas. Did you go in a doctor vape it? I have no idea where I went because I couldn't. There was no signs on anything. Oh, that's right. Because to anybody who hasn't—sorry, to anybody who hasn't listened to our last couple episodes—there was a pretty devastating hurricane in Panama City, and it's—it looks awful now. Yeah, it's still pretty devastating. Still fairly devastated, but we went out on the beach a bunch because—and I realized we gravitated there because it's the only place that
1: isn't destroyed,
0: right? Which is so surprising because it's the beach. Right, but we Haley and I saw this plywood sign leaning up against a um, telephone pole out at uh, Pier Park, which is a big shopping complex out on the beach, Panama City Beach. I'm saying, I know you guys know, but I'm saying to our (laughs) listeners, um, and uh, it was spray painted with two words. It just said vape credit, and then there was an arrow, and it took us like three hours to figure out that they were saying that that way there's a vape store and they take credit cards. <laughs> Did you go? No, we went to a different one. It seems like vape shops should
1: take like, that their shop and like cohabitate with another business. Like some businesses with do. With something else, like, yeah. Yeah, because it seems like a waste of space.
2: What's a good partnership? Like a, what, what's the Taco Bell to their Pizza Hut? Vape <laughs> lounge and like a board game cafe or like nacho shop? 'Cause like I mean like you have a hookah lounge, right? And that's just like normally you got right. food and bar and stuff. And they have
0: food and stuff, yeah. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. Is
2: coffee good with vaping?
0: I gotta go we gotta go deeper. Vintage toys. Oh froyo Okay, here's my idea. Here's my idea. Okay. So I think that um that vape stores appeal to a certain kind of hipster, maybe. Maybe hipster is not the word, but I think it would have to be something sort of like
2: Instagrammable.
0: Yeah, so I think instead of, like, craft beer or coffee, it would be, like, they've got a soda stream set up, and they make, like, fancy... Oh,
2: what about if it's one of those places where they do the ice cream where they, like, do it really thin and then scrape it into rolls? Oh, shit.
0: Shit, what is that called?
2: Delicious. Uh,
0: Rolled ice cream.
2: Yeah, or, like, any of those crazy, like unicorn drinks or whatever where you yeah, just it like make a
0: kind of a fatty thing yeah like one know? of those
2: like things that literally just exist so you can instagram it i feel like
0: pizza is not a
1: fad but i mean vapus most everybody sushi burritos vapus did you say vapus <laughs> <laughs> get it subway a subway sub shop up in that vape subway
0: <gasps> a subway <laughs> i i think that <laughs> might be the right answer Eat fresh. i think that's the i think that's the right uh, answer do you have like so like
2: sandwich artists and and vape artists and vapists let's get on the
0: phone with subway but the,
2: the thing is that mm-hmm. subway is like very per, like it has a very particular smell and would that be like would the vape smell detract from that
0: that's a good point. I love the smell of a subway. Yeah,
2: I don't I don't like to eat at subway like but I do like the su- No, it smells like bread.
0: And meatballs, oh, in gas stations, sometimes the subway is separated by like a half wall
1: mm-hmm
0: let's do that let's let's okay, so that you can clearly get the the distinct scent of each half of the building. This episode is sponsored by subway, Man, I really want a and sandwich right um now. vapists I mean, I guess the the ultimate nirvana would just be a vape store in a gas station
2: doesn't that that exists though.
0: Right. It has to. I mean, they sell. They a lot of gas stations <laughs> will sell like vape stuff, but just like the preloaded little machines. They expand your offerings. Like if it's your corner, your corner store kind of situation, depending on your neighborhood, I think you could. Boy, this is a podcast that we're <laughs> doing right now. Oh my god! I
2: just had the best idea. vape slash cat cafe?
0: A cat cafe with vapes.
2: Because that, that way you could actually have a vape lounge if you also had cats.
1: I'm getting really hungry, guys.
0: What were we talking Maybe, about? I don't know. I, I, we were going to try and tie this all back into Harry Potter at some point, but like, I think that ship ugh, I think that am tired. Sailed. What kind of spell are we going to do? Vape.
1: Nation. How about one vape, that makes us uh pad tie? One that makes us a one that makes us a sub sandwich and gives us vape uh, at the same time. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> it
0: could be it could be you know what a sub ohm is. No. A sub on. I gotta look that up and make sure no, that's a but, real term. What about
2: just vape Please credit
1: explain. gives you more vape vape credit? <laughs> vape credit. Sub sandwich slash vape. It would just be funny. Think about it. You do the vape credit spell, you get vape, and then a sub sandwich just shows up. It's
2: I, there. That, I mean, Gramps, fundamental love elements of. You oh, can't. What, what is it, Gramps? Is it? It's not Gramp. Gramps? It's Gramps. Gump. <laughs> Gamps.
0: Is it Gramps? I think it's Gump. I, Gamps. I think it's Gump. Is is it hold Gamps on. Or Let's ask Gramps? Google. Okay, Google. Gramps elemental. Oh shoot! I dropped <laughs> my computer. <laughs> I believe what I just. I believe I just said to Google, Gramps Elemental Fuck. I think it's Gomp's F- gump's Fundamental <laughs> Law. I have the book in front of me. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Gomp's Laws of Elemental Transfiguration. Man, I was just, I got to the page. Is it Gomp? G-A. Like, G-A. Gamps. Gomp. We're saying Gomp. Gramps. It's Travis. <laughs> Travis. Oh my god, we can't do Travis again.
1: But you guys know that that's what that spell just did. It it made Gamps into Gramps. <laughs>
0: that's true. We, we did it. We
1: Travised it.
0: <laughs> it was me. I Travised it. Ugh. Sherry Copa.
1: We've got memories. You should do a blooper
0: reel of our podcast. <laughs> our whole podcast is a blooper reel. That's true. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bloopers. Maybe our spell should just be bloop. Bloop. <laughs> If you'd like to <laughs> negate a blooper that you just did, you touch your own nose and you bloop. say bloop, bloop, and I like you sort it. of get a redo on that moment. <laughs> I like but also, it. vape credit. But
2: I would really like maybe on the next episode <clears throat> to talk about the dearth of journalism in the Harry I Potter think that's universe. That's a good
0: idea. Did you say the dearth? Yes. Yeah, it means no. there's not a lot of it.
2: I think we're all too tired, and I don't think we have time to do it justice now.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought um, I thought Sherry Travis the word death.
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dirt. <dark. laughs> oh, my God. That scared me about to dirt. How <laughs> <laughs> about give me a heart attack. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, um, <laughs> this whole entire episode has been one long blooper. So, bloop, everybody. I'm touching no. my nose. You can't see that. Bloop to you and me. <laughs> All your bloops come true. <laughs> <sighs>